and welcome to The Intersect. I'm Eric Tischler. Abt Associates tackles complex challenges around the world, ranging from improving health and education to assessing the impact of environmental changes. For any given problem, we bring multiple perspectives to the table. We thought it would be enlightening and maybe even fun to pair up colleagues from different disciplines so they can share their ideas and perhaps spark new thinking about how we solve these challenges. Today, I'm joined by two of those colleagues, Drs. Katrina Bledsoe and Karen Gray Adams. Katrina is a trained evaluator, mixed methodologist, and social psychologist. Her evaluation work is focused on community-based social services, health and education evaluation and programming, and culturally responsive and equity-focused approaches. Karen is an educational psychologist who has experience in research and technical assistance with an emphasis on educational equity. She has expertise in culturally responsive pedagogy, equity, and educator effectiveness. Welcome. Hi, Eric. And hi, hi, Karen. Hi. 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 Happy to be here. Happy to be here, too. Thank you. Uh, addressing inequity in areas ranging from education to environment, housing to health, has long been a vital aspect of App's work. But even as we've developed a team to help us focus on equity, both within our organization and as an end result of our projects, we've realized improving equity within the institutions App serves is often a necessary part of the solution. So how do we help clients get there? I can't think of anyone better to ask than Katrina and Karen here. Uh, Katrina, let's start with you. Uh, when we talk about bringing equity to a space writ large, what are we talking about? Well, we're really talking about trying to think um, broadly about our, our organizational structure, our practices, our policies, um, and how we just are, and our value system and our ethics about how we want to uh, go about and present ourselves in the world. I always think of it uh, like an organizational, um, you know, how you have like individual self-reflection, individual knowledge, organizational self-reflection, organizational knowledge. So, right, And so for, and for our clients in particular, what are we thinking these systemic changes are going to affect on, on the back end? So with, with systemic changes, what we hope uh, and a larger issue is is that it allows people to think broadly about policies that they want to implement, um, how they how they measure them, who's involved, um, and the communities that they serve. So I think that that piece of being able to think about equity internally allows us to really think about how we want to go about doing the work externally and what that looks like and what we're able to interrupt. Um, and I think of it as a systemic piece is even if you're an organization that does just one particular thing, um, thinking about how it goes across or how it intersects with a lot of different sectors um, is a key point. And I think that, that, that doing that internal self-reflection can help us think about that as well. Great, thank you. And that's a great segue to Karen, because Karen, you've got a chance to sort of put this into practice with Leadership Montgomery, I think. You want to tell us a little bit about that program? Yes, definitely, for sure. Um, so just to give a little bit of context, the Leadership Montgomery is, um, is the headquarters is in um, Montgomery County, Maryland, and their basic mission is to connect and prepare leaders to build in, um, communities and workplaces and be inclusive. Um, for the particular work that colleagues and myself, we've helped um, conduct two studies for two cohorts for the Racial Equity Action Leadership Program, which was really created for participants to examine their systemic beliefs, practices, and policies, and how they perpetuated racial inequities. So through a series of um, maybe like eight to 10, no, eight to nine workshops or sessions, um, participants were provided with tools so they could think about um, how they can implement racially equitable practices within their organization. Great. And what kind of feedback did you get after you went through those exercises? So um, 
and through that, there was a, a series of facilitators. So I just wanted to, to make that, that clear. So there were, for each session, there was a facilitator for each section, uh, for, for each session. And to, to put it in a little bit more context, um, organizations were in various levels of their journey. So participants, they were basically kind of grouped in, um, they had representatives, maybe like three to five representatives from our organization and so forth. Um, the things that people talked about and takeaways were that it was important for them to understand their own identity. Um, in order to build knowledge, you need to understand um, racial equity better to for them to then work within the organization. So you need to foster communication, you need to think about things and you need to have tools in place. And really important is that you need to have the investment in doing something like this if you wanna have sustainable change. Great, so um, I, I want this for both of you, but let's start with you, Karen. You know, what were the challenges um, that in, in the course of you know conducting these exercises and you know what would you say are the best practices maybe we got out of it, what lessons learned? Um, so first I would say that there needs to be a commitment and investment, right, behind um, doing something like this. Um, the other thing is that there is going to be unease and people are going to be uncomfortable, and that's okay, because in order to make change, you have to uncover what are the inequities, what are the systemic beliefs, what are the practices that have been um, put in place. Um, we know that sometimes you have to you have to really understand and you have to give power to talking about race because it can't just be a, a subtext. It is something that is important. It intersects with so many things. So you have to be able to name it and and understand what the root causes are in order to move forward. Yeah, no, I think that's that's perfect. I, as you were talking, Karen, I was thinking about it, um, about this idea of uh, most organizations or maybe even people. Um, it's really about having that commitment, that investment, that courage to do that work, too, because it's not easy work. Um, and then the courage of being able to sit in the discomfort. And there's a line um, for a show that I really like, and some people who watch it might, might, rec um, might recognize it. It says, you know, that discomfort is the truth will set you free, um, but first it'll make you mad, you know? <laughs> so um, so it's that, and but in that space of being able to sort of sit in that discomfort, then we can move forward um, to be able to make some changes. But it really does require um, that level of courage to be able to do that and facing different, um, different things. And it also requires... Uh, an ability to be adaptable and and be and be sort of like down for change, because we, a lot of times we admit things or we know well that's just the structure, but we don't necessarily have the courage or the or the you know the wherewithal to do change, and so we do have to have that as well. And the other thing is that I think we probably just need to recognize that when people are uncomfortable, they want to get out of that space really fast. Yes. And, but we can't yeah. because there's been years and years and years that things have been put in place. So it's going to take time to disrupt that, right? And to, and to reimagine and, and be innovative. So um, we can't, I, I think we need to think about 
and reflect and understand that you have to sit in a space sometimes, most of the time, and reflect in order to move forward. Um, so we can't just like bypass things because I think if you don't invest the time in uncovering, then you end up back in the same space again. Yeah, you end up making the same mistake so many times is that, you know, we're so busy trying to move things forward. Well, okay, we just want to get out of this space. And, uh, you know, and I've been thinking about this a little bit. It's like, sort of like we're so eager to move out of something very quickly that we don't do that level of self-reflection or the, the organizational reflection or the systemic reflection that's needed to not go back there again. And then we go, well, God, why are we back here again? Because we're so busy trying to get out of that, that discomfort. And, um, and I used to have a friend who used to say, you are where you are. You know, you got some popcorn burning somewhere? You know, if there's not, then you are where you are. Um, and being able to do that work and understanding that and having that level of acceptance of what it takes to move that through is a key point um, to really addressing issues of equity and being able to make systemic change. And I think that's the other piece is we, we like things to happen fast. We said, we've realized it, now it's gonna get done and it's gonna get fixed. And I'm like, yeah, not so much. Because it took, it took, it took a minute, it took a minute to get here. It's gonna take a minute to get out. And that's, that's, the, that's the work. Well, and it's not just talking, it's actually you have to plan, you have to put yeah. things in place and yeah. you have to put investment behind it, right? So, um, for any type of sustainable change, when people have any type of initiative, you know, they, they are initiatives, they, th they think about it, they plan, they, they put people together in order to make the change happen. So it's the same thing with equity. You, 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 ha you, have, to, you have to invest and you have to plan and you have to take time. So that's, that's the thing is that you're just totally spot on about that is that, you know, and investment includes not just money, because I think people always think about that, right. but time, people, thought, to your point, planning, mm -hmm. all of those, um, th that, that's all part of that. And I find that a lot of organizations, sometimes cities, you know, wherever they might, they, they sort of will say, they'll take one of those, or we'll throw some people at it, or we'll throw some money at it, and then they expect it to, to sort of move forward, but it's really a multifaceted um, investment. Well, I'm presuming you need a process on the, on, the, on the backside of that, right? It's not, you're not just investing in the front uh, of doing that. There's that period of discomfort you're describing, and I, and I wanted to ask, how do you get people to stick with that period, right? How do you get them to get through that? But then once you sort of maybe reach that place where you've got the strategy you need to address, the conditions you've identified, how do you make sure you stay on the path? But the thing is, if you, if you really take the time and plan and strategize, then people can see what the journey is, right? So you have a vision in place. And then, you know, what is this vision? Where are we, what are we trying to achieve here? And then you put together your, your, your mission, your, your planning, your process. And then once you have all of those things, people can see. So I think it, it I think we need to, to think about why people are like uncomfortable to a certain extent, right? Like you have, you have to address that. Uh, and understand, okay, people are uncomfortable, but then, you know, what is our goal here? And in order to reach this goal, we have to do these series of things in order to do that. So um, I hope that's answering your, your question a little bit in terms of um, 
you know, like how, how do we move along, along the journey and recognizing where you are and being honest and reflective, all of those pieces together. Yeah, I, yeah, totally spot on, totally on, on that, on that train, Karen. Um, You know, and I think about when people get, you know, they, they're like, oh, I just, you know, I just want this to be over. And how do we keep, I'm, I'm just feeling like I'm being weighed down. And there's, there's a, a, a thing, and probably because I think about this just in general, about like people, myself, other friends, you know, other colleagues about how we move through. And organizations are very much the same of being able to like, it's almost going through the, the, the steps of, of like grieving or, you know, getting used to things. And there's a level of where you get to acceptance of this is where I'm at and this is what I'm doing and I'm and I'm going to have to stay the course um, to be able to do that. You know, to Karen's point about having folks knowing what the journey is, um, having some level of expectation, because you can't expect everything, but having people be grounded in, you know, a certain set of values or where they want to go so that if things change up, they're not like, you know, to, tossed out of the boat. Um, but it's, it's really having people know that and also continually supporting people as they, as they go through this as well. It's not going to be easy. Sometimes people are going to get really distressed. Some folks are going to get really angry. Um, and, and that's just part of the process. And, you know, it's almost like when I, I used to teach methods courses, which no one ever wants to take a research methods course, especially if you're an undergraduate, no one likes it. But I'm, I was always like, listen, I know you're going to get mad, you're going to get frustrated, but as long as you're taking a step forward, as long as you're moving forward, we can deal with that. And then as time went along, people just kept, their, their anger would go down, 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 because they could make mistakes, but they also were like, I can make a mistake, I can correct and I can move forward. I'm, you know, I can correct, and I'm going to move forward. And that, and that, I think, is a is a key piece here. And also letting people know that. And this is just my thought: is that they have a little bit of grace in being able to do that. But, but I will say this: um, one of the things that I've certainly found in my career is I want to help people uh, who want to who want to be there. You know, so there has to be some level of that where you want to have people who want to actually do the change. You want to have organizations who want to do the change and are, um, you know, somewhat authentic about it. For folks who are sort of, or for organizations who are like, we know we need to. And that, you know, because it's in a, want to work with those. And for some of those folks who are sort of like, we're not sure about it, but we might want to, I guess still on board for those folks as well, you know, but we just, but people just have to, they have to be at least somewhat comfortable or there's a trust factor here. You know, I, I mean, as an evaluator, you know, at the research, we're always about like, what's the data show? What are the hard facts? But I'm finding more and more, it's, it's such an existential issue that before you can get to all of that hard fact data piece, you have to deal with where you are as an organization and what are your, you know, what, what do you want to see if you're going to be dealing with equity? I agree. Uh, you know, we've been talking so much about course correcting with organizations as we should. I also want to talk a little bit about um, sort of building for the future. We've just announced research and evaluation uh, program with uh, Baruch College where we're, we're going to be training, you know, people who are going to be joining the organizations uh, coming into it new. Um, and we're expanding that pool 
So it's not just course correcting. We're, we're changing the direction in real time and uh, tacking towards a better future for, for organizations. You all want to talk about that a little bit? It's building in multiple perspectives right. from, 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 the, from the beginning and giving everyone the ability to contribute no matter where they are in how, like whatever, like the organizational chart is, right? Like, so everyone's got power. And um, if you move in that direction and give people the ability to contribute in any way that they feel like they can and support them and empower them, that is only beneficial for the organization um, and, and building that pipeline. You know, like, for instance, with Baruch, it's a pipeline of folks who are um, going to be trained to think about equity, bringing them in um, at the very beginning um, when we their start. Careers. Yeah, at the, yeah, of their careers. But also, as we bring them into the organization, they're thinking about, like, when we start bringing them in, we're thinking about, like, what can they think about in terms of intuitively um, and, uh, and, and innovatively? Um, but yeah, but being able to just broaden that pipeline up front um, and bring in more folks allows us with, <clears throat> excuse me, with, um, with different thoughts about, uh, you know, new, new ways to think about how we do the work or how we're going to, you know, run our society, what, what a civil society looks like. That's a way that we can continue to sort of broaden our pipeline, broaden um, access um, both as a process and then what we expect um, as an outcome for equity. So this isn't us just picking up the pieces now. This is us uh, deliberately helping to chart uh, the evolution of our field, which is really exciting. I mean, we're talking about people who are going to be helping to decide what programs and policies are in the future. Uh, and this is how we start, you know, building towards that future beyond just sort of correcting what's been happening to this point. So, you know, to your point that you made about like this is, this is the next generation, you know, these are the folks who are like your lawyers, your doctors, your, your, you know, your business owners, your community organizers, all those folks. And we start at the very beginning. Um, I know when I was coming along, it took a long time for me to get to this point. I was like a full grown person before I was thinking about, I mean, like, like fully, fully grown um, before I was thinking in the manner that I was thinking, I, I know I always had a, a, you know, sort of like a, a, you know, a connection to it, but I, I didn't do that level of thinking that I think now we can do with, um, with folks and bringing them in. So I'm excited. Great. Well, I think ending with excitement is always a good place to end. <laughs> so thank you both. Thanks so much, Eric and Karen. Always, always good to talk with you. Oh, this was wonderful. Thank you so much. I so appreciate this conversation. And thank you for joining us at The Intersect.